Coming at you from Handsome Headquarters here in sunny Los Angeles, California. I'm Lee Sanger Golden, and you're listening to me talk on the internet. I am joined, as always, by my illustrious colleague, Ben. How you doing, sir? Oh, I'm good. Stretching a little bit. Wow. Well, you know what? We've gone dark for a couple weeks, and that is because uh, a few key things have happened in the uh, past couple weeks um, that it didn't seem really appropriate um, to get on the air, so to speak, and and start uh, uh, goofing around uh, when there's so many things happening both in the world and in our personal lives. Um, now, out here in sunny Los Angeles, California, we are always on the front lines of climate change, of civil unrest, of um, new uh, reality TV programming that has uh, uh, Pepsi-Cola marketing built into the uh, uh, TV watching experience, uh, as well as the spread of disease and also um, military force in the streets. Um, and because of that, we're uniquely positioned today to talk about um, all the things that are coming together to form what could possibly be the end of the American experiment and the world as a whole. Um, does that appropriately sum up sort of where we're at out here? Yeah, you're, you're saying global. All right. Yeah, that's totally where we're at. Yeah, we're on the front lines, bro. So uh, tell me a little bit. What has been happening to you in the past couple of weeks since we've gone dark? So I think we recorded three weeks ago uh i was i can't remember if we talked about this feeling quite sick um but i'm also quite stubborn so over the course of a few days convinced myself after doing six hours of yard work i must have breathed in some allergen and that's why i had a fever and was feeling sick after a few days wife convinced me we should probably go get tested for covid and sure enough i had it um so even on the way to getting, te- it took a week to get the test back, but yeah. I, you know, after getting tested, I'm like, you know what? I've been pretty active. I've been doing things. I probably got it. I should probably chill out a little bit. Right. Uh, and so th- what's interesting is by the time I went and got tested and then got my results back, it had been almost two weeks from the first day I started feeling sick. Wow. But then to take an extra air of precaution at our house, um, we did do our own physical distancing, which almost felt like a staycation. Yeah, because uh, uh, for viewers out there, uh, Ben's home is, uh, it's really interesting. It's its a wonderful uh, structure and it ha- it's sort of broken off into different sort of uh, wings, so to speak. So, um, you know, we have, uh, you have a, a sort of apartment that's kind of in the downstairs area. And then there's a, a upper area that can be used as a kind of Airbnb or a, a uh, in-law unit and then you also have the the main residence so so you've been dividing between the sort of uh, you've been out in the airbnb room and uh your 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 wonderful wife uh has been in the sort of master area is that the breakdown right now exactly and yes it was totally the house is 110 years old and they 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 built it as wings because it's on a hillside so they just yeah. kept adding anywhere where there's a little space so it's got this little 300 square foot suite back here so i was living back here and mm-hmm. doing my best to not do too much because that's great uh, wow i didn't want to die yeah because you had the rona dude. i didn't so- want to be one of those rare young people that died and every day from around like three o'clock i started getting yeah. exhausted 
and my chest hurt and I'm like, you know what? Maybe I should just, you know, take a, take a week off and not be an idiot and die. Yeah. So you were out in the yard and you're like, Hmm, well I have, it seems like I have coronavirus, so I better check to make sure I have coronavirus. And so you had the Rona, you pulled through. I had the Rona. And I so, did. And, and you know, you're, you're uh, hopefully you'll, you'll be fine and there won't be any long-term damage to your lungs or any of that kind of stuff. Um, but you know, I, I think you know not to not to uh, sort of uh, privilege call out, but I think you acknowledge that you know you're you're in a pretty sweet situation uh, to be able to deal with this. Your your wife's a Hollywood elite, so she's not uh, working right now, um, warping the minds of children. Uh, you know, you own your home that has multiple different areas, so you can literally sequester yourself out and and sort of do what the CDC and the WHO. Uh, says to do when you, you got the Rhone. Uh, whereas, you know, in other neighborhoods, you know, right down the street, um, there might be two, three people, maybe more living inside a one bedroom apartment. So there's not really a way they can sequester. They don't necessarily have an in-law they can go stay with. So, um, you know, I exactly. You got fucked with the Rona, but also, you know, you, you know, yeah, I was totally privileged that way. Yeah. And what's interesting is like I powered like the worst days when I was sick. I was you know we're working from home because that's you know we're in that forty percent of people that can do that. So almost like on certain days felt like you know it's it's pathetic. But I was like oh this is in solidarity. I should just power through. But then we're privileged too. We're for the next right. And then the next, so I didn't take any sick days when I was sick. And then for the next two weeks I was kind of taking it easy even though I wasn't like sick, sick, but I felt like I was running on fumes every day because mentally, I was reading like the last week, not being able to join any of the protests, which I had done every time I could for the last 12 years. I was just getting antsy, man. And it was just like, I need to, first of all, not kill anyone else with spreading this shit, but then also not kill myself by because yeah like the lung thing you get scared you're like what if yes. that's the weak lung is the long-term thing you know yeah there's a, a an actor so. an actor and, and i believe his wife's an actress too um who i think they were new yorkers and they transplanted out to to la and he's basically gone into an induced coma i think they had to like because he got the, the Rona and I think they had to like amputate part of his, like his legs or something. And their doctors are sort of telling her it's time to say goodbye, but, sh but he just sort of refuses to die. So I hear that's, you know, I hear stories like you where it's, it's horrible, but you sort of pull through and hopefully there won't be too many last, uh, too much yeah. damage. And then you hear these <laughs> stories of someone who's literally the exact same demographic as you same age group, you know, runs in similar circles, et cetera. Um, but yeah, the thing and the thing that, you know, I don't know. I, I don't know the, the story you're telling. I don't actually know what happened to the guy, but I'm always reminded in times when I get sick of two different friends, dads who in their probably 50s, they love their job and they would work nonstop even when they were physically sick. And both right. of them. One of them was in a coma for three weeks and the other one was like, had this crazy, had to take off like two years because they had stressed out their body through mental oh. exertion so much that their physical body collapsed. And by having those points of reference, it reminded me that, you know, yes, the last couple of weeks I probably could have kept powering through, 
but it builds on you. And at some point I'm like, do I want my physical stubbornness to override my, or my mental stubbornness to override my physical capacity and, you know, not having those reference points. And you're I probably stubborn ass doing it. Like, Oh, I'm fine. That's what I respect. But, your yeah, exactly. Stubborn nature as a, as a fan of contrarians across the world. I, I respect that. Yeah. But by having you... those, seeing my friend's dads go through that, yeah. it gave me, a, I mean, this was like 12 years ago, but it gave me a wake up call. So anytime this happens to me, but I'm always, I always remind myself, like, had I not known those people or known these instances, yeah. it's a scary part is like, I probably become like that because it's not really part of our common vernacular. Like we don't talk about how the physical or mental work, like if all of our work is all mental because we work yeah. at a computer and we write and talk and shit, like we're not actually doing mm-hmm. anything. Um, that that can overpower your physical yeah. being to the point of inducing a fucking getting so sick, ruining oh. your immune system and then going into a coma for three weeks. Insane. And I was like, after that happened, I was like, okay, so mm-hmm. you got to, and it was tough, man. Like just try not, like I finally started reading a book again, instead of just reading articles, trying to like sit still even for like 20 minutes, the first two days was tough. Yeah. You got major, so, spilkes. you got major spilkes, dude, even more than me. <laughs> They, they so wonder why so I don't even people, know what that word means. Spilkes means like, hey, Ansi, you got to get up and walk around. That's why I say that. Oh, our, okay. My dad always said that our people, you know, wandered in the in the the desert for 40 years. Just we had spilkes. We couldn't settle down. Like, oh, is this the land of milk and honey? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Mortgage rates aren't so good over here. You don't think it was because uh, some people were trying to kill him? Uh, no. Yeah, that might have to do with it. <laughs> that's you don't a, think it was persecution? That's it. I like your dad's one, though. It's, yeah. You know. That was an Egyptian, ancient Egyptian deep state conspiracy. The Jews were actually running Egypt and the Pharaoh was actually at their, uh, you know, doing things at their behest. So that was all just a conspiracy theory, black flag operation. All of those Egyptians that died in the, um, the opening of the Red Sea were actually crisis actors. Uh, that had been hired to participate. So not a lot of people reveal that. And uh, as I've said previously, interesting. Previously on this feed, you know, many years ago when we were in the inside jobs conspiracy theory era, um, Brian, my 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 co-host, asked, you know, what what conspiracies were the Jews involved in? And I said that's an easy question, um, Brian. All of the successful ones. Um, but I'm glad to hear that you are. <laughs> I'm glad to hear that you survived the Rona. We've all seen these, these, we've all seen stories of people, you know, the Chris Cuomo's of the world being okay. And we've all seen these horror stories gone viral. Like that, that guy who was like just ripped ass bodybuilder dude. And now he looks pretty emaciated. Ironically, he went from the uh, yeah. two looks that everyone wants. Everyone wants to be, to look like the Hulk or, um, you know, some tiny little, you know, like Christian Bale in a movie where he really like, yeah body for the wall um i think the hardest day for me too was when i learned i was reminded that just because you get it doesn't mean i'm immune forever because every year you know it's like the flu the flu mutates so it's like fuck yeah well so i'm not in the clear necessarily but i mean i think we just you know everyone there's a lot of people say like oh this is bullshit man you know we, we need to open up and i think that our our business was our unnamed uh, organization was very good about just shutting shit down early and hard and uh 
it might have saved somebody's life. You know, you and I are lucky that we're on the the younger, sort of pre middle age side and and doing really. You know, we we stay in shape, eat pretty well, exercise. Our lungs are, are, are pretty good. Um, but there's other people at the office and and in our building in general who um you know, have had health problems in the past. And so we want to make sure that, that we protect those individuals as well. So I, I know it seems all yeah. shitty, like, oh, stay at home and be a hero. You know, you turn on the TV and there's like a, a fucking, you know, craft macaroni and cheese commercial. And they're like, be a fucking hero. Stay at home. Man. Yeah. And what's the hardest part for me is like reading of these other countries that are doing it so well. The thing that we're not doing is having... I mean, in our country, it would probably be 10 million people hired to do contact tracing. Yeah. Because, like, you look at Iceland, they were using their detective force working with public health, and they didn't do any of the bullshit tech apps. It was all just person to person. They yeah. looked at footage, they did this. And the countries that did a ton of contact tracing and doing it with just people, not these like passive apps, yeah. like, oh, log in, blah, blah, blah are just basically they're all open and they're in the clear words we're in this like middle ground where it's like are we gonna fucking be wearing masks for five years because we can't get our shit together yeah well i don't know yeah i know well ben i you know i do actually have to push back a little bit on what you're saying in terms of us uh dropping the ball on the contact tracing actually the government and um the various tech companies and corporations and media companies have actually been doing a fantastic job of using all the tools uh, in, in their uh, in their disposal, whether it's drones, whether it's uh, social media scanning bots, whether it is geolocation built into the various devices around using security cameras to track the tracing of movements. We've done an excellent job of tracing the movements of many individuals. Um, and we've been doing that in order to track all of the protesters that have been um, uh, basically called looters and rioters, tracking those people down so we can serve them warrants and pull them out of their homes in the middle of the night. So we know that we have the ability to geotrack thousands or millions of people. We oh, just use it to yeah. suppress dissent. We're, just, we're using it for different purposes. Exactly. So we'll be right back. You know what's crazy? I read this crazy, just to, before we go on break, okay. yesterday, the first indication of truly like the Red Scare type tactics or what was it called mccarthyism mccarthyism there's already been yeah four people in nypd who were did, taken in and mm -hmm. then asked about their involvement in the protest why were yes. you protesting you know where you're out there are you against like, fascism yeah and what's interesting is it's not like oh my god we're doing this again it's like no in 2004 we had we we charted having explicit rules against this because it yes. started rising again yes uh, in the Shit. bush years well despite my co-host i, I uh, lost you i dropped my equipment oh it's okay well despite my co-host but uh, ru ruining yeah. my beautiful transition uh segue into our next segment uh i'm just gonna say we'll be right back talking on the internet with ben and lee don't go nowhere Can we say something? You're going to cut this out? I'm going to cut this out. Just shut the fuck up. I don't care if you had coronavirus. It's still a deep state, deep state conspiracy. You just had the fucking flu or herpes or something. So shut up. I don't want to hear anything more about that. Okay? Are we fucking clear, Ben? I, I'm not saying anything. All right, shut up. And we're I'm, back talking. I'm perfectly calm. And we're back talking on the internet with Ben and Lee. How you doing, sir? Um, 
not much of a change since 35 seconds ago. Thanks okay. for asking. I'm just checking in on you. You have been sick. You you came down with a raging case of the round, and I want to make sure you're all right. So, um, yeah. as we were pointing out in the last segment, uh, America does have the capacity to do high-level contact tracing as long as that is used to um, enforce a fascist police state, uh, which is quickly taking over in the United States. Now, Ben, you've been a um, politically active person for must, must, much of your adult life, if, if not your, your, um, your youth as well. Um, and uh, I believe you've participated in various uh, uprisings, mm-hmm. protests, and, and uh, your body to physically express yourself uh, in the past. Uh, but due to, um, due to the current situation with the coronavirus and, uh, and you being sequestered at home, you've not been able to participate in the massive protest, the largest protest movement we've seen in the United States since 1968, since civil rights, since anti-Vietnam. We are seeing a uprising that dwarfs the original, um, the original surge of Black Lives Matter support um, a few years ago. Uh, the, the, it, it exceeds the the protests that happened during um, during the Bush years. It it, it uh, exceeds the protests that occurred uh, during the inauguration with the women's march. Um, and of course, this is yeah. this has pulled up a lot of uh, you know people calling out hypocrisy and saying, oh well, the liberals were all you know they're all saying that uh, you know you have to be inside, but now suddenly now everyone decide all the liberals decide to go outside. And it's like okay, no. These aren't the, first of all, these aren't the same like corporate neolibs who are just like, we have to shut it down because every life matters. No, these are the radical, awesome, badass people in the streets that are defending your right to freedom. So um, this false, uh, false comparison that the National Review dipshit uh, intellectual right wing uh, elites are, are trotting out and they're just, they're righteous anger. Oh, I'm so angry at these hypocrites is total horseshit. Don't listen to it. And that's really what I want to talk mm-hmm. about today is, um, is A, shutting your mouth and listening, but B, not listening to the corporate idiots and their bizarre you know, agitprop that they've been distributing to people to make think that there's some kind of crazy riot descending on the United States and we need these fucking stormtroopers to come in and quell it. So, as you know, I've been locked down hard. I, I, I've been really good about the, the uh, you know, locking down our office, locking down my home, uh, not going out uh, for random things, you know, not just going out on Memorial Day to uh, uh, go to a, a water park and make out with strangers. Um, however, last week, um, protests uh, emerged in the United States over the, the death of George Floyd. And it's been different. This hasn't been a shooting. And all of those officer-involved shootings where innocent men uh, and women and boys and girls were killed are horrible. Um, but what this has proven is that you don't even need guns for police brutality to take lives. And George Floyd was, of course, he was accused of uh, using a $20 counterfeit bill. We'll get into that later. But first of all, I think that all American species is fucking counterfeit. Who the fuck do we say that this goddamn shit is worth anything just because we have our imperialist slave masters like George Washington plastered all over our fucking money? Andrew Jackson is on the $20 bill, that genocidal, racist fucking piece of goddamn shit whose grave we should be pissing on? That's the guy in the $20 bill? That is the true counterfeit money, okay? Fuck you. Fuck you. Yeah. 
And, and you know, where's most of the money? At least he's fucking human enough to use a bill. What about the billionaires churning out trillions of dollars in numbers on a screen exactly. that they use to that exert new forms of power? That they won't even touch a bill. That's the counterfeit. That's the looting. That's the well, mass looting. Exactly. We are all living on looted land. We looted this people, this land from its people, the Tongva people, the Miwok people. Okay? Mm -hmm. We looted this fucking, this shit to the ground. And we stole people from Africa to loot it for us. We looted this ground, took slaves, okay, to loot it for us. We're all fucking looters. We are fucking looters. Okay, so let's keep moving through this. So he used this $20, allegedly. I don't even know if I fucking believe it. If he did, whatever, fuck it. And that's my whole stance is like, even these things that are like the bad part of this, uh, I have a bunch of reasons why that's fucking bullshit and it's not what it's a fucking about. So anyway, this, this guy allegedly uses counterfeit money. Okay, big fucking deal to buy whatever. And these officers whose names, ugh, fuck these guys. One of them knelt on his on his body for his neck, I guess, for eight minutes and 46 seconds while the other officer stood by and did fucking nothing. And they murdered this man. You don't need a gun. You don't need a car. You don't need a knife. You don't need anything. All you need is a brutal piece of shit, fascist fuck. That's all you need to kill people. And it's proved that. This goes beyond the gun debate. This goes beyond, well, we need to have police reforms. This goes to a corrosive culture, a failed experiment called American policing, that threatens to rip apart this very country. So when people saw that brutality on the news, similar to when people saw uh, innocent, uh, 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 unarmed people get beaten on a bridge in Selma, I think a lot of people who might have been like, oh, I don't know about this Black Lives Matter thing. All lives matter, all right? <laughs> Even some of those people are like, oh, shit, uh, maybe they're right. <laughs> maybe we're systematically ruining, uh, ruining the lives and murdering people whose ancestors were ripped out of their fucking homes and brought over like goddamn chattel. Okay. And yeah. And why didn't we, and why don't we know it? Cause who wrote our K to 12 education, a bunch of white fucking a, a, a historic people that wanted to just like bury it over. <laughs> yeah. As they, there's a joke at family guy from many years ago where Lois goes, we need new textbooks that don't have a chapter on the, on the uh, social, uh, the civil rights movie title, uh, civil rights movement titled trouble ahead. I mean, obviously that's not a joke, but it sort of shows the way that we, uh, you know, when we look at these things. So obviously people are fucking yeah. pissed and they're taking to the streets and it adds a new element to it because yeah, there's, there's a dangerous fucking disease out there. And I got to tell you, yeah, I've lost my way, Ben. You know, I've, I've, I've always been a quote liberal unquote, you know, I went to a radical, but I went to a radical school like Santa Cruz. I was always the fucking uh, uh, radical kid in my school that was just like pushing back on everything, every fucking thing, always trying to stage some revolution. I started an organization called um, uh, Anti-Oppression of America that was secretly called Anarchy Across America. And our mission was to go around to children at our, our elementary or middle school and high school who are being bullied and um and try to protect them and work out these situations you know when the when the the when bush was inaugurated i was on i was on the it was in a photograph in my newspaper holding a sign that, that uh had a picture of mexico or a picture of texas saying giving back to mexico i was just just always screaming at my parents that we need to give our land back to the the miwok people and all this stuff and i lost sight of that and um, and I think there's so many people who uh, they view 
dealing with the racial problems in our country as some sort of hobby, dilettantish thing that they add onto part of their day. They post something on Facebook, they donate some money or something, where we actually, as American people, need to realize that the racial and therefore economic inequality in our country is the prism through which we need to view every action in every element of our lives, whether it's, it's understanding and being well, willing to put down that unearned privilege, that unearned power, that unearned wealth that you talk about, whether it's, it's being willing to take extreme positions or seemingly extreme positions that might uh, ostracize you from, from your friends and family. You need to make this new element, this new expression of the movement, the prism through which you view every aspect of your life until we mm. approach a world where we begin to see some degree of change. It's not about being fucking woke. If you're, the woke is the word from five fucking years ago. Five fucking years ago. If you're not, if you have not woken up, if you're still fucking asleep, then you are five, fifty, a hundred years behind. This is not about waking up, and it's certainly not about fucking uh, uh, p- people like me hijacking wokeness and using it to call out each other. No, wokeness was something from five years ago, so that you know, when white people were maybe just inching on towards sort of being an ally. A, a, a black person they were with could say, hey, you know what, you're woke. It was something that people could, you know, people who've experienced racism could use to acknowledge allyship from others. It's not for, for fucking Karen to take it and accuse other people of not being as fucking woke as her. It's not about that. This is not about, oh, eight things that we need to do to reform the police. No, this is about a fucking revolution. Mm-hmm. So, oh, so that, that's a lot. And I a hundred percent agree. I and we're think not even started. Prism, we're not even fucking started. I know, but that prism thing is right on. And a couple places my mind went to the first one was we need to, cause a lot of the institutional thing is the reform, the let's change the, like the laws. It's like the first thing we should think is like, he was, he's going to be charged for third degree murder. It's like, that's a legal category, but it's like, it's like there's different degrees of how you can kill somebody. And it's like, okay, first of all, no, what I'm saying, first of all, if you look at it through that, right, but that, that prism you're saying to look at it, it's like, just call it what it is. Don't call it third degree. Say somebody killed somebody else who wasn't pushing back. That person was a cop and maybe they can have a little, you know, we're supposed to give the reason that was third degree is because he's a cop or whatever. But it's like first state what actually happened. And get out of all of these institutional frameworks, one of which is saying third-degree murder. It's like that doesn't tell anyone anything because it's jargon. No one knows what the fuck that means. Anyone would have to look it up. This is one tiny pixel in the broad mosaic of one of the hugest American genocides that's been going on for three, four hundred fucking years. This is one tiny little piece of the mosaic of genocide. It's not a fucking murder. So one of the guys I like... So one of the guys I've been reading the most, Eli Mistal, he's, uh, he seems, looks like he's in his 60s based on his picture. 60-year-old yeah. black guy, writes for the nation. He's had two incredible, one interview, one article. The yeah. first one, uh, the article was basically addressed to white people. It's like, if you want to help, 
what do I do on a day-to-day basis? I have to call people out, white yeah. people out on their shit. If yes. you want to do anything to help, stop calling your black friends and be like, oh my God, is everything okay? Talk to your fucking family. But it's, he's like saying, he's like, help me call pe- white people out. No, right. What he's saying is he's like, call your white friends and family out on their shit. Help me do it. Cause otherwise I'm in it alone. Like that's the way you can help me the most. And then in his interview, he pointed out, he's like, this whole, cause the most frustrating thing for me is when I'm talking to, to people and the whole conversation is focused on this idea of like, was it a peaceful protest or was it a riot? And it's like, who the fuck cares? It makes absolutely no difference. Cause that's not the point. But Eli said it very well. What he said, he's like, it's not like black people don't watch TV over the last month. Uh, and then he said, why was it that when a bunch of white guys with assault rifles were inches from cops in, inside of a fucking uh, oh, they're building? They're heroes, Ben, defending their second amendment. Exactly. Right. But it's like they're face-to-face holding a gun, an assault rifle. But then one, and then one other, this other group of people, exactly, but then when a, when a bunch of unarmed black people take to the street, the cops come out in their, in the most advanced and heavy armor and riot gear we have available to us before anything had actually happened. Yes. So he's like, start from that. More gear and then than also sent them into fucking Kabul and Baghdad with. <laughs> exactly. Armor and then the looting carriers. thing. The best looting thing was one of Sanders' speechwriters. Here's like, here's 10 forms of actual looting. And it was all of the different ways that billionaires and people that run mega corporations yes. Yes. basically stole $5 trillion over really the last couple months. Looters. He's like, that's looting. The looters yeah. are the ones running commercials about like, oh, we're, we're against racism. Okay, again, that is the culture war from 60 years ago. If you're still making commercials, right. and that's, we're against racism. They're, mar- they're using it as a marketing thing. So yes, it's exactly what you said. It's about, dis- it's about dismantling entire systems. Like, oh, we don't need Walmart pledging $100 million over five years to start a racial equity center. Give $10 billion, don't ask any questions, and let people do, because the thing is, they haven't relinquished any power. They're no. friends with the people that, that make money. So basically, they'll, they'll pledge $100 million and then ask their commercial bank friend to just give them $100 million How is there not one billionaire? Says, I'm going to pledge every cent I have to one, one movement or another, on either side, left or right. Because they don't actually believe Ben. They refuse to put down that power. That's what it's about. We have to be willing to put down our power and privilege because we have not earned it. Exactly. But that's the hardest part. The corporate, the people with the most. Yeah. And that's why I, we understand people who say, oh, the Democrats, Republicans are, the established Democrats, Republicans are the same. It's like they're the same where it comes to capitalism and Wall Street. They're obviously starkly different when it comes to uh, we've never had a president that actively is stoking violence during time of unrest. Uh, no. You know, the last president so, we had who did this? Jefferson Davis, the president of the fucking Confederacy. Exactly. So it's like this is a unique time. Uh, he at least and, read the goddamn Constitution once in a while. This one interesting person, she had to leave Russia because she's a lesbian and she has a kid and she ran a newspaper that was shut down by Putin seven years ago. God forbid, huh? And she, she's been writing about authoritarianism her whole, and probably for the last 20 years. 
And one of the things she says is the most difficult in times like now is like, we need to build up an entire language to even talk about what's going yes. on. Cause yes. all of the language we use, Fascism like you're saying, it's like useless. Yeah. So, it's like, Oh, this is like 1968. It's like making historical comparisons doesn't always help you understand anything, but also had, and she was like, so what she calls right now, there's three stages. There's the autocratic attempt, the autocratic breakthrough, and then an autocratic regime. So right now, she says what we're living through is an autocratic attempt. Yeah. And the only way we'll know whether it's a breakthrough is if uh, on January 21st, basically. And yeah. so right now when people, and th that's the other thing about like the fucking, uh, like you said, institutional liberals. So like, well, what's our long-term strategy? It's like, well, long-term isn't years. Long-term is January 21st. If there is not a transfer of power, then, then it's not like, oh, four more years of Trump, maybe we can get through it. It's like, can we get through 45 more years of, cause it's not just Trump. It's like, if it, if it turned out to be someone else, he's got thousands of enablers, including people that give money to like all of the corporate Titans, all the tech guys, they don't give a fuck who's in power. They just want to keep their power. Yeah. Mark Zuckerberg. What a piece. So that's not the focus of, today. yeah. So we're, we're Talk right now in what's that. called, I, I like Masha Geeson. I always like, cause she really helps frame things. So we're living in an autocratic attempt and the only way to keep it from being a breakthrough is to basically have mass protests yes. Uh, yes. until at least January 21st. Keep so the that fucking there's heat actually, on. Exactly. And some of it's going to be protesting. Some of it's going to be re-enrolling people that were taken off vote rolls. It's going to be all sorts of shit where we just need to just do it and not be like, well, there's no, it's going to be all volunteer based. Don't be like, well, you know, like, Oh, I'm not getting paid for it. And one of the other things is like one of the the parts with, I mean, one reason why that protests are so big is something like what? Like we're finally at a youth unemployment rate of like 40%. So we have Economic tens of millions unrest. of people. Health unrest. Exactly. Physical unrest, political unrest, and now racial unrest. Yes. Well, it's always been racial unrest. Of course. That's the this fucking country. And of one of the all. best speeches, the, one of the best speeches I heard yeah. from, she looks like like a 26 year old black girl who uh, is one of the leading organizers. I can't remember what city she's in. Yeah. She's we're amazing. we organizers in a second here. Yeah, so one of her, this was on the second day of the protest about this whole like the, 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 the whatever looting thing. Yes. She had this great like five sentences basically saying like, this, like you said, this country was built on it, but she's like, we learned this from you. Yes. And if we use, here's the thing. We and don't do turn it on up. us. In the next 45 days, the next three months, we do need to stand up for these. We do need to stand up. We need to keep the fucking heat on. But the thing is, if we use one-tenth of the tactics that they use against us, then we're fucking terrorists. And that is the mo that is the scary part. It's not that there's cops in the street and there's soldiers in the street. Fuck them. Fuck them. It's not about that. It's about the fact that if we try to respond with one-tenth of their force, we're fucking terrorists. That's what scares me, okay? Exactly. This, this middle-aged man, someone threw, um, they were like, it was, I don't know if it was tear gas, it was some sort of chemical control unit. The cops threw him at the people. It didn't explode. He picked it up and threw it back at the cop. Now he's in fucking jail. So Yeah. Uh, okay, so and, and let's get back to this looting fucking bullshit. And I'm going to explain this in a second. But if you are detracting one second away from the conversation by crying about a looted fucking El Pollo Loco. If you're saying, I wish they didn't loot. I understand when I wish they didn't loot. They're looting so bad. You know what you're doing? You're silencing black 
vote voices. You are silencing black America by focusing on that. Fuck you. Shame on you. And if I, and if this seems unfair, like I'm pointing a finger at you, good. Totally. Wake up, motherfucker. Wake up. You are silencing doing- black voices and fuck you. Do I think that You're it's doing violating? Yeah. You think it's violating that someone breaks into your home or 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 your store or whatever? Of course, it's violating. Our family's temple was vandalized during this, and we'll get back to that in a second. But I, I'm, I'm not going to talk about that because it's not what it's about. And by making it about that, I would be silencing a black voice every every time you mention the fucking rhyme, the looting, you're detracting. You're silencing black America. So fuck you, okay? Do I think, you know, what's, you know what's horrible? You know what's violating? Having someone break into your movement and, and, and making everyone think that this movement is a terrorist movement. That is violating. You can rebuild a yes. fucking El Pollo Loco. You can't rebuild a fucking and, the, and I was there, Ben. And, the blatant, and that's what I want to get to here. Okay? Well, for, I, and also, right, last thing with that is the blatant hypocrisy. Not only is it that, that that's why Eli brought up this point a couple weeks ago. White guys with assault rifles were inches away from cops, and nothing was happening. So not only is that never acceptable, what's going Second on? Amendment right, but, fucking heroes. Yeah, but that the hypocrisy in how we interpret these things were rules, and that's why the institutional liberal should bullshit because it's like it has to be. It's all about interpretation we can have whatever we want but if things are applied differently to different people then it's all a bunch of fucking bullshit exactly and this is all leading up to this you know there's a lot of talk about fake news fake news conspiracy okay let me talk about something okay okay this moment is not all about making it about white people and in fact i'm going to talk later about what we can do because i i think i want to find ways to make white people the stage managers the stage hands and the electricians and lighting people in this movement, not the directors and not the actors, not make it a support. Like, here we go to take, but you know what? This is my fucking podcast. I'm going to make it about us and me for a second. No one's listening anyway. So who fucking cares? If you are, God bless you. I love you. Maybe I'm I'm pissing you off. So here's the thing. I know we're locked down in quarantine, but like I was saying earlier, ever since I was a little kid, I wanted to be part of the fucking revolution because I knew this was an evil goddamn society. Whether it was my stupid fucking school and the narcs out giving people shit. Whether it was the, the fucking teachers telling me what I could and couldn't write. I was, and then later now seeing, living in urban centers, living in New York and seeing the fucking injustice, living in LA and seeing the injustice. I've always been like, this is an evil fucking society. So I've been waiting for the goddamn revolution my whole fucking life. So did I take a risk? Yes. But I didn't wait this fucking long to not be out there supporting those people. They're putting their fucking lives on the line. The least I could goddamn do was go out and join them, stand with them. So I I broke quarantine. I was there on 3rd and Fairfax, okay? When this riot Mm -hmm. broke out, this riot broke out. I I was on my fucking knee in front of LAPD. The dragnet building. Well, they pointed fucking rubber guns and 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 AR-15s and AR-6 or AR-14s and AR-16s at us. Okay, or actually M-14s and M-16s. Well, they tried to fucking intimidate us with their stormtrooper goddamn assholes. I was fucking there. Did I take a risk? Yes. Am I freaking out about it now? The, am I freaking out that I might have hurt my family by going out there and exposing myself? Yeah. <laughs> it's too fucking important, Ben. <laughs> So I went out there. I was down Fairfax, Fairfax, okay? The day the riot broke out last Saturday, a week ago. I listened to the goddamn program. 
I didn't hoot and holler or raise signs or take pictures of signs and try to trade them online like fucking Pokemon, like everyone does. Everyone just shows up and they want to take pictures of each other's shit. I went and listened to the program and I listened to what the leader said. After the program was done, the leader said, we're going to march here. We're going to march down third. I went with the leaders. They gave us specific instructions on how to stay safe, that there was agitators in the crowd. They gave us specific instructions. Stay behind the banner, okay? Stay with us. Don't get ahead of us. Let us lead. These were peaceful people. These were people saying amazing things, amazing speeches. And we followed them. And about two hours after we passed through Third and Fairfax, when everyone who was involved in the movement that was actual leaders were long gone somewhere else, some fucking agitators, not involved at most, you know, involved on the sidelines of this movement at most and in all likelihood white either white agitators okay who were you know i don't know if they're left or right wing but they want violence just trying to start shit with the cops okay uh they were there and they got an altercation with the cop it broke out into a riot so first of all those people were not involved with the leadership okay and second of all this fucking thing was peaceful as fuck until the cops came out and started tear gassing people and started shooting rubber bullets. Okay. It was peaceful. We are not the mm-hmm. agitators. We are not the rioters. They are the fucking rioters. And this is the greatest disinformation campaign that has occurred in this world since the fucking Reichstag fire. Except we were able to stop the fucking Nazis. I don't know if we're going to be able to stop ourselves. Okay. And I know there's all this shit about there's good guys in the cop, in the police. Yes. In fact, Childhood best friend, cop family. I've been communicating with them back and forth. Good men, good women, good people. It's shameful that they're being used as political props during this time. Okay? Just like, but here's the thing, Ben. Here's the thing. You and I are good people, I hope. But that doesn't matter. Because America has done and continues to do evil things. By living in this country, we are complicit in racism, economic inequality, fascism, colonialism, imperialism. We are complicit. We are benefiting. So are we good people? Yeah, but it doesn't fucking matter how good we are because we're part of the problem. So let's be part of the solution. I don't think that doesn't mean eight things to reform or, you know, cops taking a knee. It's not a fucking about that. It is about restructuring the way we protect ourselves. These are not police officers. The idea of a police officer is a good idea. I'd like to have Chief Brody from fucking Jaws in my neighborhood. Someone who lives in the neighborhood, is involved in the neighborhood, cares about the neighborhood, and has the tools to be cop neighborhood. Okay? We are not the rooter, looters. We are not the rioters. Okay? And here's the thing. And this is, the, this is what, if at some point shit gets really bad, and if someone's fucking listening to this, they're going to throw a fucking black bag over my head and throw me in an oubliette. This is probably what will get me there. Okay? I don't, first of all, I don't think that the people, none of the people involved in the movement are actually the people who are uh, uh, looting or rioting, quote unquote. And the only reason those people started doing that is because they were antagonized by the fucking pigs. Okay? And, and I don't mean any individual people are pigs, but this gang, this organization known as the Modern Police Force are fucking pigs, okay? So even if it was the people who were involved in the movement, even if there was a, quote, riot, which is bullshit, it's an uprising, okay? Even if they were looting, these people's ancestors 
built this fucking country. And if they feel, if any, if any people feel like they have the right to burn a little piece of it down, it's their fucking right. And in some cases, when it's an evil organization like Walmart, motherfucker, I think it's their goddamn duty. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm not going to shed a fucking tear over a goddamn looted Walmart. They've been looting this fucking country. Yeah. Okay? So the, they were given the, money to yeah. Proposition 8. Okay? Proposition 8. I don't fucking care. You can rebuild the store. And here's the thing. Here's the thing. You know who's going to cut the check after this? We are. No, the fucking insurance companies. Good. Every yeah, fucking but it's store that burns money. down is a check the fucking Allstate needs to write. So that's Allstate stand. So yeah, put a black fucking bag over my head. I'm inciting violence. No, I'm pushing back against police fucking brutality and violence. That is the looting. That is the fucking violence. You fucking hear me, everybody? Mm-hmm. Because the thing is, when you equate it oh, to... Oh, and the, one more thing. Prop- you know what? Those people who yeah. were involved in the movement, the actual speaking program people, the actual people who were peaceful, you know who was cleaning up the mess the next day, the mess caused by the police? Those people. They, they were. Yeah. And so anytime someone goes, I, I wish that they wouldn't loot or riot. If you put that before or after anything, any fucking shitty opinion you have to say, shut up. You are part of the fucking problem. You are silencing black voices. So back to the fake news. So I came home from this peaceful fucking protest and turned on NPR and looked at the New York Times and I'm seeing riot, looting. And I went, oh, fuck, it's disinformation. It's fucking agitprop. It's fake mm-hmm. news. There is fake news. I've fucking seen it then. And I flipped the fuck out. And you know, you're talking about calling out your own family. My family are good people. My friends are good people. But I had to call them out on a couple of things. And I almost ruined my relationship with my family. And if they're listening, I'm sorry. I fucking love you. But I tried to explain what was going on in the streets. And all they want to do is talk about the fucking looting and rioting. And I flipped the fuck out, Ben. I flipped the fuck yeah. out. Because I refuse to let my own family be part of the problem. They think I'm a crazy agitator. Maybe I fucking am. Okay? But I would never have been able to fucking forgive myself if I had sat on the goddamn sideline. And it, oh, I want to mm-hmm. be out there so much right now. But it's not about... So lit. Like I've, yeah. I've had to do some of those things with friends and family too. Because it's like... Well, first of all, a lot of the older... Like a lot, they, they haven't been... Whatever that well, means. there's a few things. One is that... A lot of these old people, they haven't been to a protest in decades. And I've been taking screenshots of things like the New York Times. The Nation yeah. is actually the only major publication, but it's still I've been not major. In protests for 20 fucking years. There's something different. This no, but hold on. So what I'm saying is, is like. Uprising and insurrection. Sorry, proceed. So the only news we have right now for what goes on in protests is uh, unicornriot.ninja. They do full length videos they're two to six hours long and they show you what actually happens and what actually happens is that people are giving speeches they're talking they're singing and then yes sometimes other stuff does happen but the problem is if most people get their disin what they call news but you're saying correctly is disinformation from what we were were hoping were true news outlets like cnn msnbc and new york times fox all these places all they're doing is focusing on the most scintillating stuff. Yes. Um, of course. So yes, it's true to call that disinformation. The one thing though, too, is that there's 
dozens, maybe hundreds of different organizations across the U.S. Yes. And the reason I want to say that it's not because the they isn't one group. Is there's hundreds of groups. I've, there's I mean this country's enormous. So no it's not one's just reporting hundreds. on the programs. No one's reporting. So, on the no, but what I was program. getting at, right? So what I'm getting at is that the that the the, the taking of um, property is organized because it's almost entirely focused on transnational corporations. So it's and it's so it's very organized. They're yeah. trying to keep it in, completely focused on the most institutionally protected forms of racism, which are things like Target, Walmart, autos, all the places that are basically printing presses for money and are benefiting from structural racism. So it's very organized. And then the other thing that makes it, no, but hold on, hold on. The, the last, but the last part that makes it, because there's so, like the, this like, whole idea is like, oh, I'm not racist. It's like, you don't have to say I hate black people to not to be racist. Yes. You can do exactly. so many forms. We're all and one of them by being in this. Well, hold on, hold on. Not one of them. Down. We're all racist. But no, one, hold on, hold on. I'm, out, saying, I'm calling myself out too. And I hope there's someone out there shitting on me for saying I'm not going far enough, that I should be more revolutionary than I am. Right. But I what I'm saying that is. Voice. Tell me how I'm fucking a up. Huge, Lee, a huge form of racism is what I'm getting at is when people at a time like now are focusing on taking of material objects because what it basically does is it gets us exactly back to what slavery was based on that black bodies are a form of property that can be stolen or that can be traded stolen taken exactly. advantage of and so the thing is what makes people they don't even realize it incredibly racist if you're white and what you're saying is Oh, I wish they wouldn't take stuff and break windows. It's like, uh, that's racist. And they don't even realize it because we don't have a culture in which we actually talk about these things, mainly because most of our curriculum is based on mass consumption and being uh, completely deferential to the powers that be, which to some degree you need a little bit of so you don't have a world run by tyrants. But you still have to talk about the deficiencies in how things were applied to different people. So anytime anyone even brings up like, oh, my God, they ruined the CVS or they or they broke the windows and stole everything in a Whole Foods. It's like that's racist because what you're basically saying is that that object, a window is in any way comparable to George Floyd's life. Anyway, compared any any anyone's anyone zero yeah exactly zero compared to him okay and if into all exactly the and, and then it, it makes it makes enemies yeah I had to bring the, it makes these conversations yes, but you're the thing is the like Eli was enemies. saying <sighs> no, no no I'm saying our own friends and family and what yeah. Eli was saying was like you want to do anything to help us you have more of these conversations with white people because you're talking to them the most often. So it's going to be difficult because we have to call out our friends and family and whatever, you know, if someone's being, how it's going to be, someone's being assaulted. Okay. Your own, some, you know, someone, you know, is being sexually assaulted and, and raped and they scratch back and they fight and they scratch and they punch to save themselves. Do you say, oh, I wish they hadn't been, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry that they got raped when I wish they hadn't fought back. I wish they hadn't scratched the rapist's yeah. face. This is America. Or they like knock, or they knock a lamp off the face they of knock, the rapist they, they knock, America. Yeah. Oh, they knock like a nice, like a hundred year old piece of crystal. It's like, oh my God, they broke a piece of fine china. And you're like, I can't believe you just even brought attention That's to that. That's a fucking check all state will write. Fuck them. That's all state. But state. it also doesn't matter. It's a piece of glass. Of it doesn't matter. 
I mean, but it, what that was based on is our capitalism being presupposed that we can, as Francis Bacon said, one of the Enlightenment philosophers in the 17th century, he talked, he used the word rape to describe how humans should treat yeah, land. I'm, I'm sure I'm being going to be called sexist by for, by even saying that, but I'm just trying to get into your fucking mind, everybody. And yes, the people picking up the pieces the next day, that's not Trump, okay? That's not cops, okay? That's the people who exactly. are in the fucking movement, okay? So not and only they don't they get any it, headlines. They're the, only ones compl- they're the only ones cleaning it up, okay? Well, you guys are all exactly. on fucking Facebook about they're picking it up, you fucking idiots, you fucking assholes. And what's so what's one really interesting thing going on right now is uh, back in the, the 1940s and then again a couple, a couple decades ago, someone transcribed hundreds of letters written by just ordinary people in 1930s Germany right after Hitler took over to show this idea of how easy it is for people to go along with the rising authoritarian because it seems just more cut and dry. And in our case, the black and white analogy works. And, and a lot of people go along with it. Yeah, because the Reichstag, like all this stuff that an authoritarian does, most of the time, the violence they point to that they're trying to crush, they did themselves, like in Nazi Germany. But the thing is, people go along with it because it gives them the comfort. They're like, you know what? In, in this case, whether it's Trump or someone else, it's like, no, but people would no a huge amount of people go along with it because they're basically saying like, well, at least all that rioting and looting stopped, you know, like we don't get a vote anymore. Exactly. Yes, unless you're talking about the looting going on by billionaires and the major corporations stealing. Our whole country is built on it. Well, they might shoot you, but. Yeah. And you also, you also understand that if we don't actively support what that we're misnaming is looting, the next form of looting is what's happened in dozens of countries, even in the last hundred years, where the next form, they don't come and you can have a beer with them. They come muzzle you and put you in a political prison because we have this podcast and you're seen as a voice of dissent. And so you spend 10 years 
in in a fucking dungeon or maybe they'll kill you or maybe they'll torture you. I have no fucking idea. They'll do whatever the fuck they want with your body. But so exactly. So and you understand that you're like, I'm actively supporting this form of protest because this is healthy. This is how civilizations build and make progress. But if we suppress this or we're like, oh, my God, I wish they wouldn't break windows and target. And then those same people are like, well, you know what? I don't like Trump and his guys, but at least they're, you know, controlling that mayhem. It's like, Trump yes, but what do they control joke over? compared they, to what's the actual problem is, which is the fucking militarization of the police. The fact that when civil yeah. unrest first popped up in the modern era in 68 to try to fight against when, you know, when try, fight against MLK getting murdered and because he opposed the Vietnam war. And then we just fucking militarized the police. And then we blamed cocaine. <laughs> the Reagan administration became it's a bunch, fair, of, it's insane. bunch of gun running drug dealers. And then we blamed freeway Ricky Ross. Okay. Yeah. And now, now there's white record owners making money off of someone stealing Rick Ross's name. Okay. And then we militarized the police and now we have fucking APCs right down the street from our unnamed office, Ben. They've taken the Staples Center and converted it into a fucking military base. I went down to check out exactly. our office, not because I was afraid of the fucking looters, because I was afraid of the fucking army, the fucking National Guard. I don't trust yeah. them to protect me. So let's get okay, a couple more things. Okay. But last thing on that point is what we don't know is will we, will we end up, if this continues, like modern day Russia in which yeah. there's a little bit of like, you hungry. know, he kills his enemies every once in a while or hungry. Or, I mean, Russia's much deeper into it. Sure. Where there's like there's not a lot of violence, but, 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 like but there is a lot of suppression. Right now, so it's a good comparison. But I see what you're saying. Right. So do we do we get lucky and end up like that, or does it turn into Nazi Germany or Soviet Union at the same time, or China right. at that time, where tens of millions of people were killed? Yeah. We have no idea because mm -hmm. the the every era is unique. So history only provides you. The next 90 days are the most important in our history. And I know everyone says The next that. 90 and then January 21st too. Yeah, everyone says that like every election. Like <laughs> I remember like people during the ROM, the 2012, like this is going to be the last. Oh election. God. This is the last Don't election. Don't waste your vote. Don't waste your vote. This, this could be the last election, folks. This but could this be. one actually, this one I finally believe. It's like, it doesn't matter what you think of Biden. He's not going to become a militaristic, autocratic dictator. He'll no. buy us a little bit of time. It doesn't mean that four years later, bring in Val someone Dem else. Have her take over. Right, but the Val thing Dem is, if he... Yeah. She's an African-American and but, she's a former police chief. She's both a black and a blue life. Uh, she's right. for this moment. It gives, us, it gives us... All it does, though, is it gives really us four years... Me. It gives us four more years to fight to against Biden. <laughs> to fight against Biden. To fight against an no, enemy. No, but to fight against... Because the thing is that, no, what I'm saying is the, the, the over-focus on Trump is not just about Trump. He has 10,000 10, at least supporters. And so maybe it's this guy, Tom Cotton, or one of, the other, one of the other people. So it's like, it's not like just getting, like January 21st is a big day. But then it's not like we can all go home and have lattes again. For the next four years, we need to reinvigorate all of the institutions that allow us to prevent the fall of our democracy into a true, it would be like a combination of a fascist plutocracy in which there's massive amounts of killing, but there's so much mass consumption that Amazon, Google, Facebook, or those kind of companies are just reigning supreme and going and exploring Mars while hundreds of millions of people suffer. But it doesn't matter because 
if you define it under capitalism, we're making progress because our GDP is going up. It's not a fascist plutocracy for you and me yet, but for plenty of people living in America, it already is effectively. Exactly. Like, there's plenty of people. And so life we have is to as shitty as it was living in one of the ghettos in Warsaw. As shitty as it was, there's plenty of people crazy. who like you know are serving in our American gulags. If I'm finger pointing right now, I just want to say that I'm also finger pointing at myself. I'm a piece of shit. I live in a racist asshole society. I've been ranting and raving about it for years and have really done, I don't, I've never really sacrificed anything, my life or anything really. You know, I've put my, my voice out there. I've been a, been a body at a protest, but I haven't really done anything. I'm fucking part of the problem too. So call me out. Call me the fuck out. I'm going to, not only, not only, maybe I'm worse. Maybe I'm worse than everyone else, Ben, honestly. Because I, 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 I seem to have an opinion about it, but I'm still, I, I still am not, you know, I was there at the gates at LAPD, but, and I always say, I want to storm the gates. But you know what? I still have so much fear. I didn't storm the gates. I, I, I was afraid to get shot with the rubber bullet. I mean, they had those guns there. The little guy inside of me, he wants to storm the gates, but I have responsibilities. I still have so much fear. So, yes, I'm calling everybody out. I'm calling my own friends, my own family out for our bullshit, our, our, uh, our um, unchecked biases or unconscious biases. Because yes, this is a per this focusing on the looting is a perfect example of an unconscious bias, okay? So I'm part of the racist piece of shit society too. So call me back. I'm, if I hurt your feelings, fuck you. Uh, but also call me back. Tell me, Lee, if you're so sanctimonious, why don't you do, why don't you donate every penny you have, every single thing you have and donate every moment of your life to the cause? Why? Because I like my comfortable life. Honestly, I like my privilege. There's a part of me that's not willing to, to, to knock it down. So I'm a piece of shit. I'm part of the problem. I'm a hypocrite. Okay, not to make it about myself. I know that's the whole thing I'm trying to be against. But if you feel called out, just, just know that I'm calling myself out 100 times more than anybody. So if I hurt your feelings, fuck you. Uh, but I love you. Okay? Um, <laughs> okay. So, <laughs> okay. All right. So the story I was trying to tell is, um, is uh, a story from my dad, actually. My dad has been my true compass. He raised me um, to... to with good ethical values. And, the, the, and I always say the two things that can tell you everything that you need to know about my dad is there was this one time um, that uh, we were going to get a tuxedo for a school dance of some kind that I got coerced into going to. Um, and instead of going to, instead of going to the, the expensive place that all the other boys went to, we went to like the, the like kind of rundown place in the in the strip mall but it was like loaned by owned by a, a local indian uh a man so we were i guess you know at least <laughs> supporting a uh a south asian owned business so in retrospect hey good for us um but we were just going there because my parents were cheap and the guy was like oh hey i really like your shirt to my dad and he was like i think he was just trying to be nice he's like hey where do you where'd you get that shirt you know i'd like to go get some just kind of making talk like talking about clothes because that you know he was in the schmata business right and my dad's like, you know actually they don't make these anymore but and the guy was like oh that's unfortunate i would have liked those again nice schmata talk right and my dad was like you know what oh, here you go actually i think you should have it i have a couple at home my dad literally starts taking the shirt off of his back and handing it to this guy. <laughs> Okay. And then a couple of years later, we were in another strip mall and my dad gave me, and I probably said this on the show, my dad gave me um, another important philosophical note. He said, Lee, you're growing up now and I want to tell you, people will fuck you for everything. They'll fuck you for your house. They'll fuck you for your money. They'll fuck you for your car. They'll fuck you for your wife. They'll fuck you for your daughter. They'll fuck you for the shirt off your back. And between those two things, my dad taught me everything I need to know about the world. 
which is this. Know that there's a lot of people out there that are willing to fuck you for the shirt off your back. But always be willing to give a stranger the shirt off your back. And so I, I greatly respect him. My dad has volunteered more hours to various causes in his life than anyone I know. I love him very much. But I pushed back on something he said the other day. He said, Lee, I wish that all the people protesting were vote, voted to. And that's the important thing. And I said, mm -hmm. you're right, Dad. But the thing is, those people are not any people that are voting, okay? The only, and as my wife pointed out, the ones who aren't voting are probably the ones that have been stricken from voter rolls because of, you know, getting thrown in jail when they were 18 for, for having a, a, a fucking joint in their pocket. Those are probably the people who are not voting. And I said, Dan, the complete opposite is actually true. It's not the number of people that voted. How many people voted for Hillary Clinton? Was, was it 30 million? 60 million? I forget exactly. Yeah. Eight, yeah. How many people voted? 140? Yeah, tens of thousands, tens of millions of people. Tens of millions of people came out and voted for Hillary Clinton, okay? What if it's actually the opposite? What if those tens of millions of people took to the streets? <laughs> and look, there's a lot of people, and I, like I said, I've been at protests for my whole, my whole adult life. Uh, since I was 17, I was on, I was in the fucking school. I'm sorry. I was in my local town newspaper standing with my giver back to Mexico uh, sign with the, with a picture of Texas on the fucking inauguration. Okay. Uh, but like I said, I'm still a coward and have not completely given my life to the movement. Um, but there's something different in the streets today. This feels like the American spring. Okay. This doesn't feel like, Oh, we're protesting. Um, and, and I, and I get it. A lot of people say, what are, what are protesting? What do they fucking do? And I've been that person too. And the points in my life where I have not been as involved in movements and have not gone outside to, to, to protest, even when it was easier when there wasn't COVID, I often, I'll be honest, sort of thought, ah, I don't know, what does it actually really do? And I, and I forgot. And last Saturday, I, I, I remembered why. Um, there's a feeling when that moment when you take the streets with your fellow protesters where you literally own the streets traffic stops buses stop cars stop taxis stop people stop cops stop and in a world where so many of us not necessarily you and i because we're, we're very lucky so many of us don't own their home they don't own their business they don't own their car they don't own their own life. They don't own their own destiny. There's so many of us who don't own our own destiny, who own nothing. So that feeling of suddenly owning the streets, of realizing that not only does something belong to you, but all of this belongs to you. This is your country that you helped build, that other people before you helped build. That moment where you realize that it belongs to you is an incredibly fucking empowering feeling. That's why it's mm -hmm. important. And I'll tell you why it's important. Look, I, I remember inauguration time or after the election, I remember when I was still living in New York, I was um, at the front gates of Trump Tower, um, literally the last place you could get before the cops pushed you back. And we were all screaming up at Trump in, his, in Trump Tower, his little, uh, his little fortress up there. And it felt very much like it, it, New York back, back then felt like a bizarre, like 
feudal kingdom that had been taken over by a lord because the cops and the, the, the cops had just completely taken over the city. It was totally insane. They had these speakers in the street like, please get out of the streets. It was totally V for Vendetta in 1984 craziness. But we were there screaming. And I don't think it did a fucking thing. This, this last weekend, <laughs> he was hiding in a little bunker. The Trump was hiding in the bunker. And then he put out, he put a little baby fence band so we couldn't get to him. And he was so macho that he had to go out and prove what a brave man he was. So he got a bunch of fucking thugs to violate people's First Amendment rights by flying helicopters over them, shooting them. Okay. Mm-hmm. So he could go pose with the Bible. Meanwhile, the bishop of that church was like, and walking you know, lockstep with our attorney general and one of his uh, yeah, who, army lieutenants. Yeah, and Barr has a secret police force now. We just found out he's got a mm-hmm. secret police force. These Justice Department employees, fully armed, no badges, no no identification of what organization they work for. There's zero accountability. They could literally just be putting people in black bags, and we have no fucking idea. Barr, who, oh, whose father, by the way, gave Jeffrey Epstein his first job, even though he didn't have a college degree. <clears throat> but anyway, that's another fucking story. Um. So yeah, these brown shirts in the, in the streets, literal brown shirts in, the, in our streets here and in, in D.C. Thank God for the mayor of D.C. She renamed the plaza that, that Trump had fascist, the goose step through. She renamed it Black Lives Matter um, Plaza. And then she wrote, she had like a big mural written on the ground, Black Lives Matter leading up to the, uh, up to the White House. <laughs> it's so fucking awesome. It's so awesome. Wow. But anyway, so back to the media bias and this whole thing about, it's one thing to focus on the rooting and the lighting, like the quote looting, quote writing, which I just call a fucking uprising. I call a revolution. You know, that's that's how this country was founded was by a revolution against a, a government oppression. Okay, um, it, even if they were reporting on that, the the one of the other real problems is they're not reporting on the speaking programs. They're not reporting on the leaders of these movement. These amazing young women and men. We're putting their lives on the on the line. They're on, they're on fucking TV. This could ruin their careers. If th- if shit goes really bad in this country, not only are those people might be like rounded up and thrown in black bags, they might get they're 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 doxxed. You know, they might not be able to get jobs. We might be in a situation where tech companies are so cowardly that they'll be afraid to mm. hire people who were seen on social media protesting. So they're literally putting Put it out. Maybe they already they already are. They already are. Yeah. So, so not only are they putting themselves on the line physically but they're putting their whole lives and futures online. Brilliant young people putting their whole future on the line. Cause if this doesn't work out and the revolution doesn't work out, Oh boy, we're fucked. And especially them, the people who were fucked mm-hmm. before who try to stand up are going to get fucked harder. So here's a good example. Okay. So one of the speaking programs here in LA uh, on l- last Saturday was this uh, young guy. He's a young actor uh, who was in uh, uh, insecure. He's on the newer season. So I, I, I haven't been keeping track of TV, so I don't know what character he plays. But um, he was a really cool guy, and he had a lot of great things to say. And he was like, you know, they say, oh, without the cops, who's going to protect us? Like, we'll protect each other. And he just had this ama- – I didn't see one goddamn article about what he said or what anyone said. I didn't see one fucking article talking about – this was the speaking program. And at the very bottom being like, unfortunately, unrelated parties <laughs> started looting and rioting at the end. Um, it's insane. It's insane. And then you know what happened to – Terrible. That, you know what happened to that guy, that, that man later in the day? He got beaten mm. with a fucking – Police uh, clubs, you know, what do they call them? Jesus. Um, AR-15s. He got beaten with a fucking baton. Uh, and then I think he got either tear gassed or, uh, uh, or rubber bullets. So the cops didn't go for the hat trick of beating him, gassing him, and shooting him. But he got two out of the three. So 
you got a nice uh, a nice little two out of three. So this so not only does he put his life and his, and his career on the line, okay, uh, not only does he put all these things on the line, um, but not only do they not report on what he had to say, they beat him in the streets. They beat a black man in the street for expressing his views. Okay. Yeah. What and this fuck? shows exactly the convent this idea. Like journalism is supposed to do more than just show you some pictures of buildings burning and people standing on cars. It's like if people spend if there are four hundred groups of people across the US gathering for an entire day and all of our major news outlets from New York Times to Fox are reporting on this stuff that happens, say, after 9 p.m. or something, that's, like you said, misinformation. There's not a single, it's very hard to find other, I mean, there's plenty. I look, I mean, I, I read, no, but, and, and so there's plenty of news outlets that report on the actual, no, there, there are places that report on it, but it's not the ones with tens of millions of people watching it. So they're, mis, they're abusing their power. They have those conventions. Like they, they inherited a 200 year old newspaper or whatever, a hundred year old, and they're abusing it because they themselves who are running it. I mean, I mean, the Washington Post is run by Bezos. So he obviously couldn't care less other than his own power, but they're all, all they're doing is they don't want to ruffle the feathers too much. Exactly. They don't want to, they don't want to ruffle feathers. Cause they're like, well, no matter how things go, I want to make sure that I keep my job. It's bullshit. Fucking heroes, Ben, because they make movies like all the president's men. And, and what, what was that? Honey, what was that? What was that shitty Meryl street movie about the, about the, oh, I just the post. It's literally the recently. Post. They the make post. That was antimonious awful. bullshit or spotlight or, you know, the only good movie like this is Zodiac. The only good movie is, is I mean, the thing is like, I love watching these, these movies sanctimonious on day to day. Yeah, these sanctimonious coverage about how great the posts are. The New York reporters are heroes. Oh, right, but what I'm saying is that right now, advertisement sales, ad salesmen. There, there are more gatherings of people on a day-to-day basis. Darkness. <laughs> right. There's and then they're they're the darkness because every day the there are people reframing darkness. You're right. And that's what I'm saying because there's people every day reframing how to understand the last 400 years, the last four years, the last 60 years, and there's zero coverage of it on our major news outlet. So they're not news. They're a bunch of agitprop or whatever. Agitprop, exactly. It's ad, or, or you could call it ad cult. No, what, what I'd even called it, since we're a massive capitalist addicted society, or not even society, say like the people in power, it's ad cult because they want to make sure that whoever advertises on their sites don't like ruffle the feathers too much of their their purchasing power so they don't put any coverage of people like trying to unravel all of the fall fallbacks of private property or of capitalism or of anything so they don't give any coverage right they don't give any coverage they only put stuff on you know a fire that was set or a couple things stolen from a fucking or not i don't want to say stolen a couple of stuff taken from a target or whatever it's like who the fuck cares like this is what you're reporting on every day yeah i mean it's awful yeah even when the even when nyt or the washington post has a decent headline they'll change it they'll they'll get like pressure from both either the left or the right to change it if it goes too left wing or too right wing they'll 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 change headline awful. they're literally doing like orwellian shit to themselves <laughs> i mean that, yeah. i always say that that's the misconception 
of post-apocalyptic sci-fi of Orwellian sci-fi is that there this idea that like the government's going to put us in the matrix, that the government is going to rewrite history, that the government's going to create new speak, that the government's going to shut down the, the, the um, uh, dissent. No, we do it to ourselves. We've created our own surveillance state where we survey ourselves and each other using the tools provided by uh, uh, right. Bezos. Okay. We lock ourselves in the matrix. Okay. Whether, you know, the internet, we lock ourselves in the fucking matrix. We erase our own history. We've, we've created our own new speak by sending each other fucking hieroglyphics of smiley faces instead of having writing a goddamn sentence once in a while. We're doing it to ourselves. So, mm-hmm. you know, we're, we're, we're going far off here, but so how do we, here's also, right. here's the thing. And uh, I was talking about this uh, yesterday, and then I heard about it on Trillbilly's podcast. By the way, uh, if you want to hear people with um, with authentic American accents uh, talking about socialist causes, listen to Trillbilly's. There's nothing better than hearing someone who's like, oh, man, I would give up so much stuff to just get, you know, uh, socialized healthcare. That's all I want. I'm doing a, a horrible uh, voice, but. You are, but. It's, but anyway. I mean, so, got, it's like 75% of people want in the country. Yes. And so anyway, these guys were talking about something I've been talking about for a while, which is we fetishize the police in media. You know. Oh yeah. It's so many the just like how we have these movies of like the heroic reporter standing up against the Nixon administration. Oh, the honorable, oh, they're so brave, they're so brave. We have this, oh, the the good cop, the good cop in the bad system. He's a good cop in a bad system. There's, there's a yeah, but I want to hold on. But Lee, it's not though. It's not a weed. It's not representation in what gets made in in Hollywood, for instance. Yes. It's a group of white men sitting in a room yes. deciding what to put money and resources behind. Yes, exactly. So we and we grow and, up, and of course we watch it because it's fucking entertaining. But we yeah. watch other stuff too. Yeah, dude, I love. I mean, I, I, dude, I love cop movies. I love Dirty Harry. I love Lethal Weapon. I love Die Hard. I fucking love these movies. Look, I, yeah, they're great. I was raised need- playing. Cops and robbers. Well, like I said, I, I, my, my childhood best friend is, 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 is there. Is, his father was a, was a police officer, a great guy, and we played cops and robbers in the background. And and that is, I think, the interesting thing about American culture is that we all secretly sort of want to be cops and robbers. That we fetishize the Bonnie and Clydes of the world, the V for Vendettas of the world. You know, the one, the the heroes that. Um, are ready to to fight back, you know, the glorification of the gangster, the the Tony Sopranos, the the, the Godfather, uh, Scarface, Goodfellas. We love fetishizing the crowd. Oh, they got such balls. They have such balls that really put themselves on the line, Ben. They got balls. They got brass balls. And so we love fetishizing criminals, but we also love fetishizing cops. We love fucking... Mm-hmm. <laughs> we love watching uh, 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 Mel Gibson as Martin Riggs, just like violating international law and diplomatic immunity to, to <laughs> fucking kill people. Oh no! Oh no! No, we're back. We're back. We're good. Oh, good. We're all good. Oh, so, you're so, it's totally true. So we fetishize both of these things, and and I I realize that. But we also do it incessantly and nonstop. Like other, I've been to a lot of places in the world. And, you, you know, kids might play cops and robbers for 40 minutes, but then they got to go do something useful for other people, either their family or, yes. or do something like with their hands. Here, it's like, go play cops and robbers for 11 hours straight and take a break to eat a bunch of food and then go back and play. Exactly. There's no boundaries. 
so I, I was thinking about this media thing, and I am, believe me, I am not, if you've read anything I've written, you know that I am on the opposite level of blaming media for people's behavior. I always say people who go, people gonna murder, gonna murder, okay? Uh, video mm-hmm. games, video games and TV might give them like creative hints on how to make it uh, more entertaining for those sickos, but they don't, no one's going to play the video game doom. Okay. And then go shoot up their school. It's just that the guys who shoot up their school are also the guys who play doom. Okay. I played doom and I didn't shoot up my school. Okay. So yeah. uh, proof positive. The millions same ways of that, people like, that have played doom. I call it gateway media. It's like how they say marijuana is a gateway drug. If you if you smoke marijuana, then you'll also do heroin. It's like, no, not everyone who smokes marijuana is going to do heroin, but the people are going to end up doing heroin on the way up and on the way back down, they're going to smoke some ganj, okay? So um, I'm not a blame the media person. So I'm trying to get deeper. I'm like, it's not just turning on TV and, and watching iced tea in uh, NYPD, CSI, FU, LAPD, fuck the police, whatever those goddamn dumbass dick wolf shows. Law and Order. Law and Order, one, two, three, ABC, MSNBC. Uh, it's not just, it goes deeper than that. And, and I was trying to get to the bottom of it. And I'm thinking about all of this true crime shit. Okay, people are so obsessed with murderers and cops and uh, uh, court cases and evidence and you know we have so many people just watching making of a murderer or all of these dumbass shows that are just uh um, let's face it they're you know they're just ripping off uh thin blue line and uh, errol morris all of these shows just rip off errol morris straight up like making a murder and all this shit fuck those stupid mm-hmm. shows. just ripping off errol morris who's the greatest documentary filmmaker of our life with the possible exception of Werner herzog and their friends which makes me so happy but anyway, there's this clear okay. there's this clear obsession with 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 police, with just with the justice system, and everyone wants to at least watch these shows. And then there's the people that are next level who are you know like the the zodiologists that I've been communicating as I've been working on my 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 zodiac killer project. These guys and gals like they they fancy themselves like private investigators. They're really involved. Uh, when I was working on my my JFK project, uh, uh, Orphans of Camelot. Um, and assassination agnostic, you know, I was involved with these folks and these, these women and men were like, they treated themselves as like, so like, hello. Lee. Yes. There? Okay. I'm back. Okay. I keep like stepping on my, uh, my mic cable that's going into my, my mixing board here at handsome headquarters. Um, yeah, so so you have people on on the low level just listening to podcasts, and in this more even crazy level, these people who are literally acting like cops and investigators and stuff. Um, but everyone seems to be into into it. So I was like, there is a clear interest in justice. There's a clear interest in in law enforcement. There's a clear interest in in holding people accountable. You know, and sometimes it's the criminals, but sometimes it's also like these shows about look how fucked up the the cops acted or look how fucked up the FBI acted. This is, this is horrible. So there is this, not only is there this interest in justice, but I think there is this desire for people to become involved in the process. And I was like, it was kind of like an aha moment, but I was like, so how do we channel that from just sitting at home and watching Netflix to actually engaging? Because people all kind of, I don't kind of want to be cops in a weird way. Not everyone, obviously, but people involved in this whole, um, this whole uh, true crime renaissance, like 
it, part of them wants to sort of yeah. be a million cops. So I think, okay, how do we actually, and it look, like I said, it's not about reforming the police. It's about identifying the fact that the way that we have constructed police as a paramilitary gang inside our communities that responds to uh, uh, civic issues, social issues, economic issues with brute force is a failed social experiment. Okay. If you take the money, it's pretty easy. It's not defund the police. It's, it's disarm. Okay. Restructure and reallocate the resources going to the police. Okay. And you allocate those resources, the monetary resources for social problems. If you solve the social ills of our society, then cops We'll just be doing their job of helping old ladies across the street, okay, or going to, to quell domestic disputes and helping women and, and children get away from their, their evil fathers, okay? Or it's, yeah, if there's mm -hmm. a, a robbery, they go down and they investigate. Um, instead of like, oh, we got a problem, let's go in there and just assume, be scared and assume that something's going to go badly and then overreact before we even have a chance. So there's all this stuff like, yeah. oh, cops should de-escalate. And, and the, the, the eight things we need to do right now, cops need to de-escalate. They need to not have these chokeholds. Like, that's not a reform. Cops are already supposed to de-escalate, okay? You're not allowed to do these illegal. You're not allowed to kneel on someone's neck. Reforms aren't going to do anything. And I was thinking, well, how do we do this? How do we channel? How do we reform? And re how, do, how do we disarm and restructure the way we protect ourselves because obviously like defund the police doesn't mean like anarchy it means use the funds for the police to actually solve the problems that that, that need that cause the police to come in and think they need to bash everybody over the head we need to mm -hmm. protect ourselves okay um but we don't need to have a, a military uh militarized gang do it for us so how do we protect ourselves? Well, one of the things I think that we need to do is, uh, is deputize community members as uh, deputized neighborhood observers, okay? So I think there should be, mm -hmm. in every neighborhood, I think it's block by block. You know, take the, the nosy people poking themselves out the window and trying to see what's going on, turn them into, put them in training, how to be deputized neighborhood observers. They sit, they get the training, they get approved, and they follow police bans. So when they hear there's a something, something in progress, these in their neighborhood, these deputized neighborhood observers who are, I think, should be in some form of non-militarized uniform, but some form of uniform expressing authority, they go. And um, if there are no officers there yet, they try to uh, figure out what's going on, make observations. They'll probably have a body cam too. Um, and when the officers arrive, they will uh, uh, monitor the officers. And, you know, if something happens, like they kneel on a guy's neck for eight minutes and 46 seconds, maybe at the, at the 12 second mark, these guys and gals can go, um, actually, uh, deputized neighborhood observer, uh, this is illegal. I will have to report you unless you refrain. Now, this is like, you know, Lee's white technocratic solution for everything. And I know that there are conflict mediators like this in like downtown uh, Oakland, uh, near where our, our unnamed uh, organization has its uh, Bay Area office, they, they do have a lot of these folks uh, walking the streets and doing this, this kind of programming, this kind of uh, intervention. But clearly, the vast majority of resources from Oakland Police Department, don't even get me started about those guys, um, 
are being used for, uh, you know, just beating the shit out of people and shooting people with rubber bullets. Uh, whereas if we defunded and reallocated and disarmed our current police force, we could actually have more of these people out in the streets. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then we also have plenty of other countries to look at as platforms of yeah. points of reference. Yeah. And um, like in England, people still beat each other with sticks, even though the cops don't have guns. But it is kind of a good approach. Have someone come in and try to, like, see what the situation is like without a gun. And if we have good enough gun control laws, reasonable laws, not everyone will ha- ha- be able to get guns really easily. Uh, try to defuse the situation. And, um, and then if you do need to bring in people with guns, you have those people on hand and they come in. Now, obviously, like I said, this is a technical yeah. Solution. Will these neighborhood deputized observers, will they team up and create their own gangs, whatever? Will they get paid off by police or, or local criminal elements? Of course, it's not going to be perfect. But like some sort of, of civilian oversight so that police officers culturally remind themselves that they are here to serve and protect us, okay? So when a cop car gets blown up, first of all, those cop cars that they, they taunted us with, uh, at that protest that they put out to try to get us to light on fire. Those were political props, clearly, that they were just like begging us to, to light on fire. And when people did, they're charging them with, with murder charges. With, <laughs> it's insane. With attempted murder charges for blowing up these empty cop cars that they put out on display for us to fucking burn down. But here's the thing. Officer, your cop car belongs to me. I fucking paid for that shit. You're coming into my community. I don't know where the fuck you live. But in my community, I pay my taxes. That's my car. So if these mm-hmm. guys are going to burn it down, look, I don't approve of burning shit down. I think that's not the way to do anything um, unless things get really bad. Um, but you know what? That's their fucking car. They pay for it, motherfucker. They can burn it down if they want. You're lucky you get to ride in our cars. You're here to serve us, protect us. Ye- and, and for the cops, you're like, I'm so afraid. I'm afraid. That's why I pull out the gun, Ben, because I'm so afraid. You have the guns. You have the cop cars. Okay? If you're really afraid of us, you are a coward. You're a fucking coward. All this shit about blue lives matter, of course. Like, we don't want anyone to fucking die. But here's the thing. People are saying, well, no one's reporting on the six cops that have died during all of this uh, you know, unrest. Yeah, because cops' jobs, like firefighters, is to put their lives on the line. So when six officers die during civil unrest, obviously that's horrible. But we understand as a society that cops are going to die. That's why we're supposed to see them as heroes because they're the ones heroic enough to, to sacrifice themselves, throw themselves into the burning fire to save the children or whatever. So <laughs> this is the most controversial thing I've ever said, but it's like, honestly, blue lives don't matter. That's the point. You are guy, the guys who are willing to say, I'm willing to throw myself into the fire and save the kids. So yeah, that little kid's life matters more than you. Do I think that human life is worth saving? Do I, do I think cops should die? No. But if you're so afraid of dying that you shoot a kid with a fucking candy bar, then you're a coward. Okay? If you feel like your life matters so fucking much, then go get a fucking meter med job, you coward. Okay? You're a fucking coward. You got a gun 
You got a helmet, a shield. You got a tactical vest. You got a, a, a car with a shotgun and an, and an AR-15. You got a club. You got pepper spray. And you're afraid? You're afraid? You are a coward. Blue lives matter. Suck a fucking dick. Suck a fucking dick. Fuck All right. You. Fuck you. Son of a fucking bitch. I fucking hate you. But you know what? When I was out there, I made sure to take my sunglasses off and make eye contact with these young men and women. Because I don't think it's fucking, there's plenty of, I don't think it's fair that they're used as political props. Here in the LAPD, there's lots of young men and women of color out there. I don't think it's fucking oh, fair yeah. that we throw those people in the middle of this. That's fucking ridiculous. Well, it's, it's all, we all know it's an extension of the war on drugs. The war on drugs didn't actually try to do anything about the drug dealers, which are mainly white people. Yeah. It was a way, it was, a, it was because the civil rights movement was successful and it yes. was a way to, to re-entrench racism. Yes. So they, you arrest just people, or black people, um, a couple whites, so it doesn't seem like too crazy. But none of that actually had anything to do with the actual drugs. Because... No. The drugs were using drugs all over people. the place, but well, this the you know they, they weren't in, in in rich neighborhoods going into their houses. No, of course. So not. this is it's just exactly what you said. It's all the sense. political props. It's all the political props. It's it's the people making the the rules, the systems. Yes, they're never they never face trial. Yeah. So when chief they put their pawns in. When the chief of police, who is ironically named Michael Moore, <laughs> when the chief of police in LAPD goes on TV and says, the blood of George Floyd is on your hands, on the protesters' hands. He said it was on our hands. Who said that? The chief of Who police. Who said that? Moore. The chief of police. Moore. Michael Moore, chief of police. He said that? He said that. He said that. Damn. Okay, and you know what we did? We fucking marched right up to his little fucking cowardly fortress, the dragnet building, as I like to call it. We took a knee and we screamed at them. And the next fucking day, that asshole fucking apologized. Protests don't do anything. Fuck you, you fucking piece of shit. <laughs> what do you think ended the war in Vietnam? You fucking assholes. What do you think got mm -hmm. Johnson to sign the civil rights law into, into fact? Was it voting? The fuck do you think? Voting. No, it was protest. Well it's both. We know it's both. People can. Of course, it's voting both. takes a few seconds. Protesting takes months. You gotta put your body on the fucking line. We should have, right? And the reason we know, I mean, protests should happen way more often, and we know they don't, is because a normal people like you and me, like you said, when the guns came out from the police, you went home because you, like any normal person, don't want to die. So the way yeah. that you diminish protest i'm a coward too is, but i'm not a cop you're not a, it doesn't I'm make you a, to be a coward, coward they're though. supposed to protect me i'm not supposed to look at cops and go fuck they're gonna shoot me i gotta go home like i'm supposed to look exactly. at exactly like oh thank god the fucking cops are here right <laughs> my mom yesterday she was like she was like lee you know uh you know you've always had great experiences with the cops and i i went through every experience that i've ever had with the cops and was like Mom, you're full of shit. Those are all horrible encounters where these stupid fucking idiots just wasted time with me, okay? <laughs> Tried to ruin my life. And were unsuccessful because I'm a good fucking person. So, <laughs> shut the fuck up. 
Okay. And I, like I said, I, 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 I've been talking a lot to, you know, uh, to a lot of people about, you know, kind of coming out with the fuck the police. And I'm like, yeah, obviously fuck the police. Uh, um, but you know, <laughs> I, I do know people who are good people who are cops. And I, and I was, I was explaining that to my, my, uh, my cousin the other day. He's like, Oh, you know, the two guys. Cool. Tell me say hi. <laughs> the two good cops. Tell me say hi. Um, yeah, let's see. Was there anything else? Let me look at my notes. Else? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, like you said, you do know because there are people that go into the police force to do the things like you said, and they become the entire system has they been become detectives. They become detectives, which are like the smart guy cop jobs. Yeah. Anyway, I, and then I was talking to my cousin. Well, he was talking about he's like, and look, look, this is obviously, uh, you know, totally. Um, not empirical this is all anecdotal but he was talking about he grew up in a pretty rural california community and he was saying like everyone i knew who was became a cop was a fucking piece of shit (laughs) like they were all the worst people the people who steal who stole the people who date raped the people who called people slurs those were all the guys that became cops because it really like yes there are good cops obviously but you have to ask the question why do you get into law enforcement okay and i think just anecdotally oh, why do you get into hold on why do you get into law enforcement in the u.s it's like those are the people being hired because the people doing the hiring yes are they them because look at other countries in their law enforcement if it, it's viewed totally differently if it's yes. more detective-based work and yes. beat cop yes you get upstanding citizens that want to it was like you know like i was a good person growing up there were a bunch of hoodlums they stole my lunch money, and I just want to make sure that doesn't happen to the next generation. Yes, but we have the exact opposite, where especially since non-regulated the late militia. 60s, we have non-regulated, yeah, especially since the late. late yeah, I mean, listen, ill-regulated militia, anti-constitutional, no, it's, it's regulated exactly as they want it. They yes, want to hire the bullies. Yes, so oh, ill-regulated. Yes, so yeah, it's a yeah. They hire the bullies. So yeah, exactly. And I, and I was trying to think. Uh, uh, like as I was talking to my cousin, I was like, "Yeah, who are these?" He was like, "Who are these guys?" And I was like, "They're the guys." Like, oh man, oh, I, I was, uh, I was a good football player in high school, but I never got my fucking, uh, oh, I never got my my college scholarship. Oh, I miss it so much. They used to, they used to put us on these buses and, and send us to 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 schools with black kids, and we would beat the shit out of the black kids on the football team. Oh, I miss that so much. Oh, oh, I wish I could be on a team where I still get to go to other people's neighborhoods and beat the shit out of their black kids. Oh, I'll just become Jeez. a cop. I'll just become a cop. This is even better than football. I used to just go to the other kids' schools and just beat the shit out of them with the helmet. Now I can beat them with the mm-hmm. helmet. I can think that I'm pulling out my uh, my taser and actually just shoot them in the back of the fucking head at a goddamn BART station. <laughs> oh, this is great. I can yeah. get them. Oh, I have the president behind me? Oh, I used to just be my coach that said, go beat the shit out of those black kids from the other school. Now I got the president saying, yeah. shit out of black people. And I'll send in the army to help that you out. completely... We're so, these are the things that make me want to just leave this country like yes. it's in a failed experiment. Yes. And or it's like any guy- other, any other like rational country, if you went and applied for a job like this, you don't put that person in jail. Yes. You put them into a wilderness <laughs> island right. and re- try to reform them. And it might take five years, Yes. but it's saying so, like, these are the thoughts you have. We need to help you here. It's like, oh, here's a job. Here's a gun. Yes. So yeah, my anecdotal straw man that I am creating Okay, so we got the guy who was on the the football team but was too stupid and shitty to go to college and now has joined the new football team for beating up black people, the police. Okay, now a kid with a candy bar walks out of a store and he 
shoots them in the face and kills them. And then that kid's mom goes, my son's life matters. In fact, all black lives matter. And that cop says, no, my life matters. Blue lives matter. Fuck yourself. You're a fucking coward. Shame on you. Fuck you. Did this and, really happen or is this what you're saying? No, it was my straw man. But it's, you know, I'm just using ah. my little straw man to, to, to talk about the, that's the, the yeah, little, I like it. that's the micro version. Okay. And then there's the macro mm-hmm. version of what we're seeing on TV. Okay. So where are we going to go next? We're going to round this out pretty quickly here. We do. So, How do we do that? Well, I think we need to remind ourselves this. Um, now is the time to shut the fuck up and listen. Uh, yeah, we can have our podcast and our po- and our post and our support and whatever, but that has to be just like the icing on the cake of what we're actually doing. Okay. Um, we need to remember that every time we bring up the one bad part of this amazing uprising that's happening, you're silencing a black voice. So shut the fuck up. And here's the thing, Ben, it's not about you. It's not about me. And it's not about you. It's not about you it's not about you one guy i read one really good idea from someone who actually explained what antifa actually is and he said one of the most successful tactics they've been doing it's like if you want to do anything as a white person make a bunch of fake profiles on facebook or whatever join the uh neo-nazi fascists all these different groups Yes. And try, and they have a lot of uh, guides on how to do this, yeah. but try to throw enough uncertainty at a certain potential rally. They said their most successful one so far, they had a thousand people that said they were going to go and only 20 showed up yeah. because it was only like four or five people, but they coordinated their efforts and sowed enough dissent within the group, yeah. like in group, and they diffused what could have been a very large fascist yeah. neo-Nazi protest. Yes. So that's one, that's one thing that you can do. Like if you, like you said, if I want to do like, I want to be a detective, I want to do all this stuff. There's bellingcat.com. They do, they allow people to use GPS surveillance, all this stuff to try to identify large crimes. Like where does yeah. uh, North Korea get its Mercedes Benz from like big stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, But then if you want to do like more minute stuff, especially with protests in the U.S., it's like sign up for a whole bunch of fake accounts, join all of those groups and and try. And it's not like, hey, guys, don't do this. This is a bad idea because it'd be like, who the fuck are you? It's about the day to day, like being on those sites. It's like almost like a job. It's like spend 20 hours a week listening to what people are saying, joining in. But then at some point being like, well, do you, you know somehow getting to the point where you have enough credibility where you could back people off from actually showing up in person or maybe even being like, whoa, this is really fucked up. This is dumb. Like that's something that we could spend our time doing if we're at home. No, that's great. Yeah. I remember once signing up for the, the, uh, the, (laughs) the like comment board for the daily stormer, which is like a, the foremost neo-Nazi, uh, quote publication unquote in the country check it out on the southern poverty law center for more information i started up a fake account and was just trying to listen to what they were saying and make comments and i was like what does everyone think of the new wolfenstein game 
the new at that time the Wolfenstein game was like about an alternate future where like man in the high castle style uh Nazis had taken over America. <laughs> These guys' reaction was so funny. Does that like, work? Why can't we have a video game where there's Nazis? Why is the Nazi the bad guy? I wish the things were like well, it was just like Oh man, this is exactly what I expect. This so, a couple more things to round this out. So, first of all, let's yeah. talk about we'll talk briefly about Antifa because, on one hand, Antifa, I, I understand. Think about and this. We're going to round it out by thinking about listening to the words that are being given to us as opposed to reacting to them. The first thing we're going to talk about is Antifa. Okay, think about what Antifa stands for. Anti. Fascist. Okay, this is the country that that we all. Every time someone says we're horrible, we pat ourselves on the back because we stopped fascism by joining into the war at the last fucking minute and helping the British out. Okay, and when actually the Russians lost millions, way more people, and we only lost half a million people. But whatever, we taught ourselves as the anti-fascist society. But then, when there's a group that says literally, "Yeah, we're anti-fascist," which is, I think, what America is about, is not being fascist right or monarchistic or communist or you know whatever you know totalitarian mm-hmm. tyrannical i thought that's what we're about uh so the, I, they're a terrorist organization now i can see why a fascist like trump would be against antifa and would call them a terrorist organization that makes sense that a fascist oh, I wonder why but for quote liberal people unquote to be like oh they're to for them to criticize antifa one goddamn bit Fuck you. Fuck. And naive is like just. What are you? Are you pro fascist? Are you pro fascist? Because by saying you're not well, anti fascist, think that just. Fascist. So fuck it, you. Exactly. And yes. Yeah. But here's and the it's thing. It's like also, take two seconds to think about what happened. Maybe that also, person isn't in Antifa. They just said it. Yes. And also, look, I've been at protests that Antifa is supposedly being at. I have to tell you, like the Illuminati, okay, <laughs> and the Freemasons and all this shit. Antifa's not even a thing. It's not really no, a thing. No, the guy who was writing this, who's helped start Antifa, he's like, we're not an organization. It's, it's an just idea. a way of thinking. It's an idea. It's the and idea. Tactics, of being, and they have, they do have the some idea deliberate of being tactics. They're one right now, but right now, one of the deliberate tactics is trying to do subversion. Yeah. Going inside the groups that are actually fascist. The people who actually we think are Antifa are the actual fascists who are pretending to be Antifa to make Antifa look bad. So first of all, Antifa is not an organization. It's an idea. As V from V for Banana said, ideas are fucking bulletproof. So fuck you. Anti-fascism is bulletproof. Also, fascism, socialism, these are all the words of last century. We need to find a new way to reframe the political conversation. Otherwise, we're just all going to call each other Nazis and accomplish nothing. Second of all, uh, it's not a thing. The people who are actually Antifa, if you listen to like what they say, they're like poly. They're like, we're pro poly anti. So they're ba- it's basically just a sex thing. People want to put on bike helmets and Kevlar and then fuck afterwards and whatever. God bless them. So it's not a thing. It's an idea. The actual thing is just a bunch of goofballs. And th- let's face it. There is a certain element of society, both on the cop side and, uh, and elsewhere, both right and left wing, that just want to be in the mosh pit. So there is an element of there's just this kind of like mosh pit of like of you know extreme left and right wing people clashing against each other. But it's like okay, that's just a couple of goofballs who want to get something out of their system and are too shitty at softball. Okay, for the most part, <laughs> just be on the sign of of anti fascism for fuck's sake. What the fuck? Just read. Just read it. It's anti fascism. So are you pro fascist? Mm-hmm. Are you? Uh, I'm, I'm, you know what? 
jury's out on fascism. I don't know if I'm anti-fascist yet. <laughs> so, yeah. Or, or and then me. the other thing with that you're saying, like these white liberals, if someone burns something and says, I'm with Antifa, maybe stop for a moment and be like, maybe they're lying. Maybe they're not. Yes. Instead of being like, look what Antifa did. Like you just also, believe every single fucking thing you hear. Also, if 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 Antifa burnt down the building, maybe those people are fucking fascists. I think Walmart, the fucking or Walmart, the building, yeah, those people are fucking did. contributing to our fascist system. So yeah, if Antifa burns, I don't think they are burning down Walmart. Or but they're if they're burning down Walmart, they're... that's because they're fucking fascists. Exactly, they're on the side of of the fascists, the people running the company. They're benefiting heavily. That's exactly what's wrong with liberal America. They're too they're too big a cowards to even stand up against fascism. Right, and what we and the problem is cowards they won't even stand up against fascism. It's pathetic. Fuck them. Fuck them. They right, and because we're always we're always looking that's because people always need like some sort of like historical reference. And since it doesn't look exactly the same as other countries, we're like, oh, no, this is not really. Is this plutocracy or fascism or anarchy? It's like, you know what? It's a little bit of all of them. People getting beaten in the street. Call it fucking whatever you want. The people who are against it, don't be against them. Come on. And it all goes back to listening. And this is how we're going to close things out. Let's just get back to the whole, Mm. the hashtag that we're all, that we haven't even really talked about, which is Black Lives Matter. It's a very simple statement that no one seemed to actually think about before responding. And there was a lot of white people in my feed who when Black Lives Matter first emerged and Amelia and I were marching with them in, uh, with the movement in, in New York, um, but there was a lot of people who immediately were like, but that's racist, all lives matter. What are you talking about? No, black lives don't matter, all lives matter to the point that they, CNN yeah. Tell- yeah, I know. They asked Bernie Sanders if black lives matter. He was like, yeah, black lives matter because no one actually listened. Okay, so people just said, oh, that's racist. It's actually that all lives matter. And people thought they were being, <laughs> they were being liberal by saying, no, all lives matter or being moderate or trying to balance things out. There's no balance, okay? When black people- no, they're being ahistoric. In the they have no idea- they haven't okay. read about Let's the last 400 years. Okay. And so the, instead of just thinking, thinking through Black Lives Matter, okay, so thinking it through, what does that actually mean? Is that actually a racist statement? Is that a black supremacy statement? Of course not. How could it possibly be? How could the people opposed to black and brown young men and women being murdered in the street, how could that be a racist organization? Racist a racist uh, uh, hashtag. How could that possibly, just think through it, people. How could that possibly be what it is, okay? And even if you interpret it, it's not about fucking you. So don't think about it before responding with all lives matter. The fact that you didn't think it through and think maybe, yeah, they're not trying to make a black supremacy statement by not thinking it through, by not respecting their words, by not taking a moment to even, even try to understand before reacting with your bullshit, all lives matter nonsense, that is racist because you're silencing that voice. And you're not fucking listening. And I can't believe I'm explaining this now in 2020. There's no hoverboard that I have to explain. But the reason why people say black lives matter and not all lives matter is because white lives have already mattered. They've already mattered for a long time. We take it for an assumption that your life and my life matters. It has been proven in the streets for, and, and, and for hundreds of years, for fucking centuries, that to most people and to most countries in the world, black lives do not matter. So I don't ha- you don't have to go out and say all lives matter. 
you have to specify that black lives matter because those are the black and brown lives are the ones that don't seem to matter to a lot of fuck people, organizations, companies, governments. So that's why you have to state it. So fucking listen. This is a lesson I got to learn too. I remember during, uh, during uh, Baltimore, um, uh, uh, Ferguson, you know, there, there was a couple of people who are, were uh, leaders of urban militias. And yes, I refuse to call them gangs, but at the time I called them gang leaders. And I remember my wife said, well, it's amazing that these gang leaders, they just, you know, uh, uh, you know, one was the Bloods and the Crips, I guess it was. Um, they decided to put down their arms and their hostilities and join together and support the uprising. And I, my immediate reaction, I didn't listen. My immediate reaction was like, well, why do they have to even have gangs? They don't need to have gangs. They shouldn't have gangs to be with. I made it about the fact that they were in urban militias rather than listening to their voice. And I, I didn't even listen to what mm-hmm. they said. And I'm ashamed of myself. I didn't listen to what they said. I immediately reacted with my own bullshit white opinion, which is gangs are bad. Now I'm kind of realizing, mm, actually, urban militias might be the only way that black people can defend themselves unless we defund and dearm the police. The only answer is that we have to arm uh, 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 black communities because they can't protect themselves. If they try to arm themselves, uh, uh, their terrorists or their gang members, if white people take their guns and, and bring them up into people's, into cops' faces, they're just constitutional heroes exercising their, their, mm-hmm. their right to bear arms, of course. <laughs> a fucking course. And even if you are a black man who has the proper uh, 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 permits for your, your, your weapon, you get pulled over by a police officer and you tell a police officer, I have a weapon, I have the right papers, I'm not reaching for that, I just want you to know, bam, they shot him in his face in front of his fucking, uh, in, his, in, his front of, in front of his fucking uh, uh, girlfriend. <laughs> right there on, on fucking Facebook. So, so even all of that aside, I didn't fucking listen that day, Ben, and I'm embarrassed. And my wife and I, and my wife maybe stopped and listened. And I listened to what these guys had to say, and they had beautiful fucking things to say, and they helped the movement. It didn't matter that they used to be in a gang. And my bullshit immediate reaction was, why don't they? Why are, why are they in a gang to begin with? That doesn't matter. I'm embarrassed. I changed my opinion. That's all we're asking people to do is when you're, I was being racist right there. I'll call myself out. That was fucking racist for me to uh, question what someone had to say because of, of, because of the fact they were in an urban militia. That was fucking racist. I just assumed that mm-hmm. those, that those, those voices didn't matter as much because they had a past that, you know, I interpreted as bad, as immoral. And I didn't listen to them. And and I'm, I'm embarrassed and I, I tried to change. That's all I'm asking people to change is just fucking listen because before even people even, and, and that's the thing. It's not about you. It's not about me. Everyone in white fucking privileged ass people like us. Yes, we have to stand up and ally ourselves, put our bodies, our minds, our money on the line. Okay. But it's not about us. Not everything has to be <laughs> how we feel about this. Everyone I've talked to is like, but I feel this, I feel that. If you're not feeling any, if you're feeling anything except I need to go help or I need to support, then shut up. It's not about fucking you. Mm-hmm. Well, wait, one, but let's not forget that we still have to take personal responsibility. If we're in a conversation with other white people, friends, families, or otherwise, and we don't say something, that's the part where you need to yes. speak up. Yes, because we can only we only have control over our own actions. We can influence others, but if we don't do that, that's the least that we could do, or the most. Either way you look at it. So the time to sit and listen is when you're actively at an organizing rally or protest, whatever the fuck you want to call it. It And then the time to speak up is when you're around people that are saying shit and help them. You don't have to start yelling and screaming at them, but like you said, help them 
give them new information. And then if they still either are dismissive of it or this or that, yeah. uh, you know, sometimes things take a little bit of time, especially as you get older. So maybe come back to it the next time. You don't have to like yell at them right away. Well, I think but that's what's happening. This is the next time. Refuse to change. No, but I'm saying people, oh, it could be two days later, the next day. So yeah. I'm not saying like just wait 10 years. Sure. But like, then if the person refuses to change their mind, like you did about like when you were yeah. um, in that situation, then that's where you start just saying like, you're on the wrong side of history. And yes. I don't want to spend, there's too much going on in this world for me to spend time hanging out with you. I'm going to leave. Yeah. Exactly. And then, yeah. And then, and then you know, because what the idea is, it's like, that's the cultural aspect that every day, whoever we're talking to, it's our responsibility to speak up when they say things that and it's hard. It are, sucks. are right. It's either are racist or classist or whatever, don't but doesn't, don't necessarily seem like it. Don't take any joy. You know, like one of, right. Don't feel any moral like, superiority. It's not about that. It's not about looking at me. I'm feeling better. And that's where the pushback is, is my own family says, Oh, you're just trying to be more liberal and woke. Like, no, call me out when I'm doing fucked up shit. Call me out too. Like I said, my wife called me out yeah. for racism there. And I appreciate that. Yeah. She's honest. That probably wasn't we're also fun for her to do. Fucking, to make her feel and it's better. not you trying to be morally superior. You're trying to prevent a country that's sliding into a fucking fascist regime that could possibly yes. kill all of us. And the fact that it makes we're you sad. Potentially you enemies. Feel, the fact that you feel bad things about it, that's not enough. Exactly. And it doesn't even Yeah, or me. this is uncomfortable for me. It's like, well. If this is the if this is the extent of your discomfort right now with everything going on in the world, you're you should be so fucking lucky. Yeah, that your discomfort is being you know disagreeing with one of your family members sitting inside of a fucking palace eating a freshly cooked meal. It's like, well, you know, sounds like life's pretty easy. So yeah, yeah I'm exactly. Gonna talk I care to you about this. I care about Black Lives, but as soon as the uh, the Uber Eats driver is five minutes late. I'm going to be a fucking dick and give him a, uh, give him less of a tip. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I'm not saying that's not anyone, exactly. not anyone I know. It's just like a general idea. Is that like we, here in LA, we all pretend to be so fucking woke or whatever. But like, meanwhile, we just have people of color driving our ass around and bringing us fucking fat burger. Fuck us. Fuck us, man. Yeah. Yeah. And when people Fuck are like, us. Oh look, like the job numbers are getting better. It's like, well, what, what is the substance of those? Yeah. Yeah. Nothing. It proves how disconnected, and and the stock market rally just proves how disconnected like our commerce is from, from reality. And I'm well, not. First, I mean, all those are just based yeah. on let's just replace people with robots. Yeah, and that's fine if they want to give us our Yang Gang Freedom dividend. Like, fine, replace us all with robots. Just like feed us too. <laughs> I don't mind being replaced with a robot. Fuck it. I'll just podcast and blog all day. Work on my mile time and do sit ups. Fucking care. Replace <laughs> you doing sit-ups, huh? Yeah, whatever. Fucking replace me. I don't fucking care. It's not like I does any of us like working. <laughs> it's not the idea of robots no. replacing us. It's 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 how do we how do we how, what do we do to replace our lives? Well, let's also not forget what Naomi Klein said that it's still a it, it's disillusioned to say when robots replace us because there's still tens of millions of people working in data factories, yes, doing all of the things, but it's all behind. Like you don't see any of it, but there's still a huge. It's the fucking brave new world. Yeah. You have an entire like underclass supporting, and like Uber Eats might not be quite 
there, but there's, you know, huge, like the Amazon fulfillment center, stuff like that. It's like, do we want the new normal to be that, like they're the ones replacing the jobs? It's like, no, we want 5 million more people working in schools. We want 5 million more people planting trees, making parks, greening areas that were neglected by not to yeah, and, and then millions of people here. taking care of the young and old, direct yeah, care, one on one. There you go. And then maybe so, we won't have to spend so much on cops to beat the shit out of them if they decide to voice their opinion or have a goddamn candy bar. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, all right. Any any last statements before I I know I've been I've been talking all over you and and I'm sorry I'm so right. No, 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 no. This was about you today. It's, I'm glad you got. Well, you I'm got glad you're in the zeitgeist. For the, for the 200 people that listen to this we, we've both been you've been very you've been unlucky and lucky you're unlucky that you got the covid you're lucky that you got to take care of yourself and uh i consider myself very very lucky that i didn't get fucking shot or beaten <laughs> i was like i was right there where all the, sh- the beating happened like right before i like just missed it like oh yeah oh the last comparison i wanted to give actually that i forgot but the last comparison that I thought of when people were overly focused on the isolated cases of people taking a couple of things from a target or whatever, I'm like, the way to show that it's not a big deal is that there, because I've been working at the food bank, right? Or I was like COVID, but there are tens of millions of people every day, every week waiting in line patiently to get food. There's a couple thousand people I still think it's organized and I think it's totally justified going to the, the thing of, uh, of just going and taking it themselves from a ruthless, uh, terrible monopolistic corporation and the people that run it as a point of political, uh, protest, which I think is fine, but that's the difference where if you look at it as a standard deviation, the people taking things like that, are like four degrees from the norm. The vast, vast 99% of people are waiting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because most people aren't looters. <laughs> no, no such and the people thing. that are in a time like this, when it's heavily targeted and yeah. very succinct and thoughtful, they're doing, and that's, it's a political statement. If you and break the, the windows of a target, and you apart. go inside. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. It's a, it's a statement. And that's why it's racist to say that yeah. the breaking of a window is the same thing as the killing of a life. It's like it's a fucking window. Or even comparable, even worth mentioning in the same sentence, exactly. the same paragraph, the same exactly. day. Because in that paragraph, they didn't talk about the hundreds of billions of new dollars that were just given to the few people that run these companies so that they could keep their tens of millions of dollars in salary and stocks and their friends happy. There you go. Right. So someone goes in and... and who, who got fired just because they're just seen as a replaceable object in the system. It, it's yeah. amazing. As one person said, actually, it was another black writer. We should feel so lucky that it's so far and few between that people, even black people, knowing the 400 years of history of this country are vastly patient, resilient, and asking for things with words. It's yeah. like, we should feel so lucky that this 99.9%. First of all, it's not the right. movement. Right, and the, and the fact, and it does, it, well, it's, it is, but there are, no, it is organized. Like if you are going after specific companies that we know are just awful, no. that's fine. But what I'm saying is that it's still in the vast, vast, it's, it's, it's mainly not that. Yeah. 
it's only the headlines. It's headline grabbing. So people get a distorted view and like, oh my God, the world's going to hell. And this is how autocrats come to power because people feel relieved. Like, oh my God, well, the Thank ceiling God. stopped. The CVS isn't burning. Thank God it's the, like, oh my God. stormtroopers are here to beat the shit out of the people who fucking stole some tampons and pampers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thank God. Oh my God, our precious shit. Well, thanks, Ben. And I'm glad that you're you're safe and healthy, and and I feel Thanks, for you that you had to go through all this fucking Rona shit. I wish our government had done better to protect you and protect Kristen, and I'm I'm glad that you're both uh, uh, doing doing okay. And Thanks, um, yeah, and uh, to anyone who got offended this week, fuck you. Um, every, every time you mention looting in the same sentence or paragraph or thought. As the movement, you're contributing to a racist, shitty society. Okay. We are all Mm -hmm. leaders by benefiting from American society. We are all benefiting from slavery. We're all rooters, uh, looters, and rioters. And uh, even if we are not individually uh, racist and we're good people, we're still part of the racist system and we're still fucking complicit. So I want Mm -hmm. everybody to listen, shut the fuck up, amplify other people's voices. It's not about you. If someone leads you, try to have a little fucking empathy. Get your check from the insurance company, okay? And uh, two more things. Fuck the police. Black Lives Matter.